I'm Lindsay and I'm Kelsey and welcome back to Hobbits at Heart. Kelsey, today we are going to be talking about part two of the Fellowship of the Ring. I know, Lindsay. I'm so excited. I think talking about this has been so much fun and there's literally so much to talk about. What a fun discussion about Lord of the Rings. Yes, (laughs) this has been so fun. My nerdy heart is very, very happy. I feel like not... I was going to make a weird reference feeling like the Grinch and my heart is growing, but I don't feel like the Grinch. I just, my nerd heart is like, it started with just like Star Wars and now it's like, oh, what's this? Was this Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings? What? So I'm really excited and it's, it's making me whole, so happy. Whole new world for you yeah. to dive into. <laughs> exactly. And that is exciting. You know, it's so much fun, like learning new stories, new characters. I love like movie making in general like it fascinates me so learning all the special features behind the scenes it really is just like consuming my brain so mm-hmm. I am having that. yes I'm having such a great time and I have time because of quarantine like I have time to mm-hmm. kind of dive in so I'm just really grateful and I'm really grateful to have you here because you just love it too so thank you yeah this is so fun and like you said the making of uh movies it's funny because so I used to act um, uh-huh. from ages like 12 to 19 or so. Okay. And I do think a big part of why I wanted to act was watching the behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings because I saw it and I was like, I want to be a part of something like that. Yes. And you know you what know? gave me a similar feeling is the behind the scenes of Game of Thrones. Ooh, like, because yeah. I think, and we can talk about this more if we're going to do a behind the scenes episode, but mm-hmm. I think because filming both things was such a long process and it took so much time because they did it like all together. Like mm-hmm. it's the movie, right? They did them like all one yeah. after Um, these people on the set become your family, you know? And of so like course. that's the kind of vibe that I love. And you can tell that a family is making this series or this movie or whatever with love. So I love it. I know. Me too. I love it so much. Well, we left off in our last episode at the Council of Elrond. Um, We just talked about Boromir being obsessed Mm -hmm. with the ring and his daddy issues. (laughs) Daddy issues. (laughs) Which we don't know about yet, but like they're there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're obvious. Yeah. Um, And then after the Council of Elrond, which by the way, that scene, I think it's so surprising that that scene is like the one that took the longest to film. Yeah. Because I guess they, because there's so much, like there's so many different people. Yeah, they had to film like every angle of the scene mm-hmm. and then do it with all the different body doubles. Yeah. Like I'm, it just took so long. But that also is the scene where the infamous Boromir meme comes from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where he um, says, one does not simply walk into Mordor. <laughs> ah, classic. And so iconic. My friend Jeanette was telling me that – I don't know if this is in special features or if she just knows this, but apparently Sean Bean had his uh, script on his lap during that scene. Oh, really? his line was so long that he couldn't keep it memorized. So he <laughs> that's why he kept looking down because his script was in his lap. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's yeah. a fun piece of trivia. Yeah, I thought she gave me that little tidbit, and I was like, this would be really fun to share because I wasn't sure if that was like common knowledge or – 
It's not it, in the behind the scenes because I yeah. would have known that. So it must be somewhere else. Yeah. Well, she also, this is like a whole nother thing, but she is, uh, I will say acquaintances, I guess, with the actor that plays Pippin. So she probably, <gasps> and I forget his name, Billy. What? Billy Boyd. Yeah. <laughs> I love so, him. Maybe she heard it from him. I don't know. Yeah. That I is trust so her. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I trust her. I believe it. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, I learned something new. I love yeah. that. Oh, I feel so glad. Not that, that I'm I... like, yeah. Not that I'm <laughs> like, know the everything. Absolute, I know everything, but <laughs> any new Lord of the Rings trivia I can learn. I love it. Oh, well, that makes me happy too then. Um, so this next disc basically starts off after this like secret council and um, Bilbo's just like chilling. He has no idea what's happening at this council because he doesn't mm-hmm. really know. And he's old now. Obviously, we talked about that. Um, but the... <laughs> can we talk about the bilbo scream please yes yes let's talk about it why is it so scary (laughs) it is like unnecessarily scary and you know what i think puts me off so much is that it's like digital effects in a world of practical effects and i don't like it (laughs) it is really i remember as a kid i had to like run out of the room when that part was coming or like hide my face from the tv remember i was 11 it it catches me off guard i don't Mm -hmm. like it (laughs) no it's it's true it is really freaky and like why 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 does his face take such an like a different form if the he's not even holding the ring because it's showing like how powerful the ring is and that the ring can still have a hold still has somewhat of a hold on bilbo and it's like if bilbo were to take the ring back yeah he would be bad i guess my question is like in the book do they is it supposed to like start to turn him into like a different creature or is that that like he got so angry and mad in that moment that he looked like another like is it supposed to be literal or figurative do you know what I mean yeah no I think I I can't remember if that's how it is in the book I think it is um but yeah it's basically just showing it's more figurative I think it does say I think it does say that like Bilbo's countenance changes and he looks really like frightening and evil because of the lore of the ring I just think there's a different way they could have done that that didn't transform him into such a foreign, scary creature. Because then my mind was like, he looks kind of like Gollum, but like that's not – That's the point. <laughs> I know, but like even his teeth change. I just didn't like it, and I don't know if this is a thing that other people feel strongly about, but I have strong feelings about it, and I don't like it. <laughs> oh, well, I don't – I mean, I know everyone always talks about how scary it is. I don't know if people have – I don't know. I just feel like it's a little unnecessary and I want to know why it was done the way that it was done. I think. Yeah. But anyway, so the Bilbo scream happens and then in great contrast to a scary Bilbo face, we get to see like all these beautiful landscape scenes of New Zealand. And I think it's Uh, so gorgeous. (laughs) It's so beautiful. And like, the music is gorgeous. And then oh. I wrote in all caps, freeping, oh, freeping. <laughs> Epic fellowship sweeping scene. Yes. Wow. 
freaking epic fellowship sweeping scene is true. That's the I scene. wrote, I think I wrote it later on, but I wrote that like literally this movie is just the longest tourism documentary for New Zealand. It is it really so is. beautiful. You could take all those sweeping scenes and just like create a video on its own, mm-hmm. a, a movie on its own, just of that. Um, yeah. And of course you do get to learn a little more about that in the um, special features, which We'll, we'll leave something for that episode, I guess. Yeah, we'll we guess. To it. Can't talk about it all now. <laughs> but it is really beautiful. It is. I can't wait to go. Uh, I want to go so bad. Oh, one day. One day. One day. Ugh. You know, my next note here is about Sam, and I realize I haven't really had any notes about Sam yet. Mm. Um, but I do remember when I first watched this, I just forgot to write it down. I was kind of confused at why Sam called Frodo Mr. Frodo. Well, because Frodo and Bilbo are – richer because of Bilbo's past got it adventures okay so I mean Sam is like is like Frodo's he's his gardener he's his not his servant but he works for him okay but then you know so the closeness that they have like by the end of this movie or even by the end of all three films Mm -hmm. is we're watching that build like they haven't always been that close I mean I think they were still friends but I think in the book I don't think they were that close of friends. I think Pipka's Mary is Frodo's cousin. So I think in the book, Frodo is closer to Mary than he is to Mary, Sam. Right. Mary is Frodo's cousin. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. This is making more sense. Um, but I did write that anytime they have to like leave quickly or like run or take cover, like <laughs> Sam always grabs the food, which I love. That's another reason why he's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Can relate. Yes, I relate to. I just love it so much. Um, okay, so then we get to meet Gimli, which we actually met at the council, but I didn't write him until now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was super stoked to learn that uh, I don't remember the actor's name. John Reese Davies. Yes, because he is from both Indiana Jones and Princess Diaries 2, The Royal Engagement, which yes. is one of my favorite movies. I love I have an I have a note that says I heart John Reese Davies. <laughs> I just love him so much. Like he just seems like such a fun guy. I'll say there's a really funny story in the behind the scenes, which we can talk about on our other episode. But I just I think I feel like watching the behind the scenes made me appreciate him more because he just seems like such a fun guy. <laughs> I agree. I think that too, you get to know more about his character in the other movies. Mm-hmm. And in this one, you're only really seeing like one side of Gimli. Yeah. So, I mean, you get to see a little more of him when they go into the uh, mines of Moria. Mm-hmm. So right before they go into the mines, Aragorn is like, oh, the ponies, pony can't come with us. Say bye to Bill. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> the pony's name is Bill? I just love that. I don't know why that's yeah. so random. Yeah, I think Sam, ugh, I, I don't know. I could be misremembering, but I think Sam names him Bill. Or maybe his name was already Bill. I don't know. But they got him all the way back in Bree. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So he's been with them for a while. And Sam gets really attached to him, which I think is really cute. I think I thought it was cute, but I didn't realize that they even had the pony until like now <laughs> or until yeah. I was watching it. Also, you just said Bree, and it reminded me of the scene where the – ring rays or whatever they're called they like Mm -hmm. stab the pillows oh yeah we didn't talk about that can we like rewind to that for like a second i apologize to the listeners but you know what i'm talking about of course they obviously can like sense when someone is near them did they really Mm -hmm. not know that they were walking into a room filled with pillows like couldn't they sense there was (laughs) no one in there (laughs) 
point. I mean, I know that they can't see very well. Like they rely on their sense of smell, which is why when they like go under the tree in the first half, he's like, yes. (laughs) And my, but like, that's exactly my point. Like, did they go into that bar or whatever? And they were like, oh, the hobbits are upstairs. So they just like followed what everyone said. If they not have like know. if they had noses to track that down like dogs do or something, they would have gone to the next door address and been like, the hobbits are here. Like, I don't know. That was my thought. Although yeah. it did startle me. I I was like, <laughs> they could not have just stabbed all those hobbits. Oh my god. I know. I remember the first time I watched that, I was like, I had and I just have to say this. This was one of my other notes. I was so terrified of the ring wraiths as a kid. Oh yeah. Like, I was so freaked out. And that scene was so tense for me and I for the longest time like and I just have a very vivid imagination but you know when you're like walking up to your door late at night and you're like fumbling with your keys yeah you have to open the door yeah. I would always have this feeling when I was younger like the ring race are going to get me I must open the door yes I mean and that's why they remind me of Dementors because it's that same like terrifying ominous dark Oh yeah, and they're like kind of unknown. You can't see their faces. Oh, they're scary. So I totally, mm-hmm. man, my brain is like going backwards into the story now of like when uh, Frodo gets like stabbed in the shoulder and all of that oh, yeah, has already we didn't passed. Even right? Talk about Weathertop. Yeah. No, we didn't. But that's pretty epic as well. And Arwen. Oh yeah, I wrote straight up Elsa with the water horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene was impressive. Um, okay, sorry. Getting back onto the point. Minds of Moria, they mention, which I missed the first time, they mention that it takes four days to walk from one side to the next, which is also why, like, mm-hmm. the timeline of this movie to me is just, like, so poorly represented because, to me, that scene is, like, it took them an hour to get from one side to the other. Yeah, they don't really show all the travel, which I also have another thing that I want to say. This is going back a little bit. You know when they're in the snow and, like... Yeah, on the it, pass or whatever? Yeah, the pass of Karadra. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gimli is like, we should go through the mines of Moria. And Boromir is like, we should go through the gap of Rohan. And then yeah. Gandalf is like, let the ring bear decide. That always pissed me off. <laughs> because why? Why is Gandalf leaving it up to poor Frodo? Like, Frodo doesn't know. Right. But I think anything. Is he supposed all? to have this like extra sense of like, this is where we should go because I'm leading the way? No. <laughs> He literally just makes poor little old Frodo decide. And now Frodo is going to have all this guilt on him because as we'll get to, Gandalf dies. And Frodo chose to go through the Mines of Moria, which of course that sounds exciting if you're hearing it from Gimli. Right. But even like, even when Frodo said, we'll take the mines or whatever he says, Gandalf Mm -hmm. is like obviously disappointed. So like, I know he would have chosen a different, the other way. Yeah. So it's like, Gandalf, if you know, if you knew that was not a good idea, you should have just said it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe it's like he knows deep down that's the path he must take. Okay. So they're in the mines now. And I also, I am very aware of the fact that I like did not hear the sentence, but like I got the impression that the mines were somewhat like magical or something. And they, they looked down and it looked like they could see like memories in the mines, oh. I was so confused. Yeah. So that is a an extended scene. I okay. And they're looking down at the Mithril, which is, you know, that fancy 
uh, armor that, or shirt that Bilbo gave Frodo. Yes. Right before he jumped out at him. So that's made of mithril, which is this really strong, durable material that like right. can't get stabbed through. Um, so they're looking down at the mithril. It, that's what they were mining in Moria. But weren't they by themselves in Moria? Or were they actually looking at people mining it right there? Oh, they're looking at where they had been mining. Right. Because then they show it in kind of like a like um, translucent like shimmering. Yeah. Okay. So that's them like, here, look at everything that used to be here. Yeah. They're looking down into like, imagine where they would mine like diamonds Got or it. Something. So they're imagining yeah. the mining happening. It wasn't actually happening. No, no, no. Okay. Because then Gandalf makes a comment about the shirt that Bilbo has that's probably worth more than he knows or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> Frodo's like, oh, I'm wearing the, I'm wearing it, but no one knows. <laughs> yeah. I wrote a note that Frodo be like, oh shit, I'm wearing a shirt that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Gandalf says it's more expensive than like all of the shy. Right. Right. <laughs> and Frodo has this look like what? Which I guess is tying it back to when you said that like Frodo and Bilbo are rich because of his travels in the Hobbit. So this mm-hmm. is all making sense to me. Yeah. So Bilbo got that during his adventure. So then Gollum is there and they're like, he's been tracking us since Bree or whatever, mm-hmm. or not Bree. I don't know where, but he's been tracking them. And like, obviously physically you can see this, but I think Gollum just reminds me of Dobby a little bit in that I am mm-hmm. annoyed by both of them. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and of course, when the more you get to know Gollum, the more you learn the backstory, it's, like, different. But there are so many uh, things that just reminded me of Dobby that I had to point out. Uh, but can I just say, I love yeah. – that. that's the scene that I was talking about earlier. Oh, the yes. The iconic scene with Gandalf and Frodo. And uh, I just Your love that scene. whole part – that whole monologue that, you know, Gandalf goes on and saying, you know, many that live deserve death, but some that die deserve life don't be so eager to deal out death and judgment and like yes oh because yeah, that's when frodo so said like why didn't they kill Gollum when he had the chance or whatever mm-hmm. yeah he said it's a pity uh yes yes, yes they yes. didn't you know that bilbo didn't kill Gollum when he had the chance and then gandalf's like pity it is pity that stayed bilbo's hand <laughs> right <laughs> i'm sorry uh what was that Lindsay? you're gonna say the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> i could no i'm just kidding i will not <laughs> okay so then they go into the tomb they say something this is not a blank it's a tomb or something uh-huh. like that and this then Gimli, it's a tomb yeah. yeah and then Gimli like cries it out and I just love that he like really gives it a good cry go for it mm-hmm. Gimli and then the orcs what hold on I have a note there sorry yes. you said to interject yes I have notes. <laughs> please do so the guy that was dead the tomb of Balin yeah where Gimli is crying was actually one of Bilbo's companions in the Hobbit so it is really sad oh no okay yeah i just thought it was like yeah somewhat a gimli's family yeah okay i mean i think they're i don't gimli's he's another the dwarf they're con- yeah they're right? they're connected and i don't think that like i don't know if frodo would have known who balin was or not maybe he okay. would have but gandalf does right gandalf does yeah i love when gandalf is reading what balin had in his hand i'm assuming that's him right mm-hmm. that book that he had and the the writing how it like scribbles it off, off. it's so good I yeah know. that scene is so intense it's like so satisfying to me like the yeah scribbles, they're like they are here or whatever i'm like they are coming oh. yeah they're coming they're yeah. here and you just hear the boom boom yes boom, boom. Uh, that scene 
was so tense to me, especially as a kid. <laughs> it's so, oh, I can't even imagine watching that as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed how they set that whole thing up. And then the way that like this movie is able to, excuse me, how the hiccups? Um, the, the way that this movie <laughs> is able to like have that intense moment, but then have like kind of a laughable moment when Pippin knocks the stuff down the thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny because it keeps going and going, but then you're like, uh oh, <laughs> and it yeah. turns into like an epic battle scene. Mm-hmm. I just love how they're able to do that like so quickly, and they're interwoven with each other. That's very true. Yeah. So then, once the orcs start attacking, I wrote that like I loved how Mary and Pippin specifically, and like Sam does this too, but they they really just like jump to protect Frodo, mm-hmm. even though they really don't know how to fight and they don't really know what they're doing. They just yeah. like no questions. They just like go and I'm like I know I love it too so good I have a note about that for later but we can talk about it now like I feel like Mary and Pippin are just really silent heroes of these movies like they do not get the appreciation that Frodo and Sam get or the Aragorn Gimli and Legolas get but like yeah they just they constantly throw themselves into harm's way. They constantly try to protect Frodo, you know, in two towers. We can talk more about what yes. they do there. Yes. But like, they are just so amazing. I wrote this whole rant about it once on Facebook <laughs> when I was like rewatching the movies or rereading the books or something. And I was like, Mary and Pippin are the unappreciated characters in this book. Oh and my here gosh. Is why. Oh my God. I'm going to have to like go on your Facebook and search Mary and Pippin oh. and try and find it. yeah yeah we should it might be embarrassing but oh my gosh don't worry I'll just read it for my own liking (laughs) um I just really love them and I I think it was so apparent in that scene you know Mm -hmm. when they're trying to help Frodo although (laughs) when Frodo gets stabbed which he like you think he's just stabbed you think he's dead again because it's like they already got stabbed once and he was fine they're Mm -hmm. not gonna let that happen again (laughs) but they do (laughs) but here's the thing it's like I'm trying to picture this. Frodo is on one side of the little pillar and mm-hmm. a big goblin or cave troll. The cave or troll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which also reminds me of the troll in Harry Potter in the dungeon, but just going to put that out there. Oh, um, yeah. It's on the other side and they're like playing, you know, what's it called? Back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then they show Frodo against the pillar. You can see Merry and Pippin who obviously have the line of sight to see the troll and they don't warn Frodo that he's about to go around the corner. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I never noticed that. It's like you see Frodo and then you see Uh in the background Merry and Pippin and in between them comes the troll. So you'd think that they'd be like, Frodo, he's coming. (laughs) Or like get his attention. I don't know. But it did happen really fast. It happened so fast. It all happened so fast. And I will say so call back to the last episode. Hopefully everyone listening now, listen to that one. (laughs) Um, But this is the scene that I was spying on my brother on when I got hooked. So that's why this is one of my favorite scenes as well, because I like, I can, I can see it so clearly me like creeping around the corner in the hallway, watching over my brother's shoulder. I saw Bilbo get stabbed, not Bilbo, Frodo. (laughs) Frodo get stabbed which is like, I wrote the drama. Like it is a dramatic stabbing and reaction. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> I must watch more. Yeah. 
that was it. That was the part that hooked me. And then coming from such an epic scene, we go into an even more epic, like this whole, I see why this is like one of your favorite parts because this Mm -hmm. whole thing is so epic. Um, Because then we meet the Balrog. Is that how you say it? Uh, Balrog. Balrog. I got to learn how to say all these things. So Gandalf is explaining. They're like, what's that? And he's like, it's a Balrog. And I just think, I don't mean to be insensitive because I know Gandalf's about to die. But like he could have saved so much time by saying, run, I'll tell you later. (laughs) Instead of taking like a full minute and a half to be like, that's a Balrog. And they blah, blah, blah. He has like an entire monologue. I mean, you're not wrong, but then, Kelsey, you would have been asking me, what is this giant fiery creature? (laughs) But then they could have gotten out. They could have gotten out of the mines, and Gandalf, still living, could have been like, whew, glad I waited to tell you this. That was a Balrog. If I had told you earlier, I would have died. (laughs) Damn it, Gandalf. You just really did that to yourself, didn't you? But the whole, like, story arc of Gandalf dying and coming back is, is excellent, so... I understand why it happened the way that it did. I just think, like, come on. And then again, he, like, waits to, like, dramatically turn around. And you're like, run! Run! (laughs) Run! Um, I will say another piece of little Lord of the Rings trivia for you. So the Balrog is the equivalent to Gandalf when it comes to the ranking of, like, creatures and how much power they have. In the world of Middle Earth. The last time I was saying there's only five wizards, there's also, they're called, I'm going to say this right, Maiar, I think, is like the type of class, I guess you could say they are. They're Maiar. Okay. And so a Balrog is like equal to uh, Gandalf in the evil realm. Interesting. I just think it's really interesting. I don't know. I think it's cool. Yeah. And you know what the Balrog reminds me of? (laughs) Which mm-hmm. you are going to appreciate this so much, Lindsay. <laughs> it reminds me of the like boss that you have to beat in Zelda Breath of the Wild. In oh yeah, no wait, what's the desert area that starts with a G? Um, Gerudo. Gerudo in the um. That oh my beast. gosh, in the Beast of Gerudo. You okay, have to I actually beat... haven't gotten to that part yet. Oh, I have gotten there, but I haven't beaten it yet but anyway physically like it looks like the very similar so Ah, when you get there you'll appreciate that (laughs) that's funny because I was thinking in Ocarina of Time there is a fiery boss interesting that does kind of look like the Balrog which is what I was picturing when you said that oh my gosh well there you go (laughs) you know Tolkien just inspiring all of fantasy it's fine I just I just can't wait to like learn so much more. There's so much more to learn. Okay, people. Yeah. We are teetering on the edge of a huge topic, which is Gandalf's death right here. Now, going into watching Lord of the Rings, that was the one spoiler that I did have was that Gandalf was going to die and that he was going to come back to life somehow, Mm -hmm. which I didn't mind because like he dies so early on, I guess you could say in this movie, like there's still like an hour and a half left at this point Mm -hmm. um, that I was still excited to learn how it happened. And how he came back, like how they're going to tell that story. But like, damn, I was really emotional watching them all be so emotional about him dying. Like coming out of the mines, that scene just like breaks my heart. I know. And the music is so good in that scene. And also in Casa Doom when they're running like that, just the whole, from the moment the Balrog appears until after Gandalf dies, that 
music is amazing. But like it is, oh, all the music I just think fits it so perfectly. I, oh, mm-hmm. it's just like beautiful. I just feel like in other deaths in the movies or even in typical movies like this where like there's a battle scene and someone dies, we don't often get to see people mourn like right away. Mm-hmm. And because like all of them were like doing it as a group and then Aragorn's like, come on, get them up. We have to go. And it's like, no, but like, get off. <laughs> he just died. Like let them mourn. I don't know. I don't know what about it. It's just like so beautiful. And it just hit me. I yeah. really, it felt really genuine. Yeah, so. I agree. They did a good job with that scene. So then after that, we introduce, we are introduced to Kate Blanchett's character, which is uh, a uh, goddess, a lady of light. Her. And I didn't write down her name. La, 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 la. Starts with an L. Galadriel. Galadriel. It's a G. Okay, never mind. But she's um, in the land of Lorien slash Lothlorien. So. Oh, okay. Okay. That's You're what best. I was thinking of. That's what I was thinking mm-hmm. of. Um, so she – so Gimli first starts by, like, telling a kind of, like, a wives' tale type thing mm-hmm. of, like, apparently there's a sorcerer here and whoever sees her, like, never comes back or whatever he said. Yeah. So that's not necessarily true. That's just like the story that he's heard. Yeah. And I mean, remember dwarves and elves hate each other. Yeah. I think that's so. something I didn't really get when I was watching this too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Dwarves and elves just kind of historically, I don't know about hate each other. They do not like each other and they do okay. not trust each other. So it would make sense that Gimli would know of this story of an elvish sorceress. Who right. Was, you know. But she, but it's, she is a sorceress. She does have powers. Yeah. She has powers. Um, is she the only one that has powers, like where they are? Um, I don't think so. I actually don't know a lot about this, but I will say she has one of the three elven rings, which we had mentioned right? last time. Okay. Um, so so I think maybe that is where she gets a lot of her power. Like Elrond also has one of the rings. So okay. they're like the super powerful elves because well, they have those powers. Okay. Cause he was able to like heal Frodo, right? Elrond mm-hmm. was because mm-hmm. when Arwen's like, we must take a back. I can't do this is beyond my powers. Yeah. Yeah. Back to that scene again. <laughs> um, okay. So that actually makes a little sense. So the other elves that are with, uh, Galandriel, they don't have powers. They're just elves. Well, they have yeah. their own elf powers, but yeah, like they're immortal, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I also made a note. I said these close-ups of everyone's eyes are so dramatic. <laughs> they really are. It's like, like eyes, eyes, eyes. Yeah, it's just like bam, 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 right here. And the switching between like her talking and her just like talking to like, like through her mind mm-hmm. to them is also kind of confusing to me. But like, I get it. It's part of your powers, I guess. But yeah. There's just a lot watching. There's a lot going on on the screen. Yeah. It's funny. I wrote a note here. This is, okay. Watching Lord of the Rings with Lindsay, it's such (laughs) a struggle for me to like contain all of this really ridiculously specific behind the scenes knowledge that Uh I have. Like, for example, whenever I watch these scenes with Galadriel, I'm like, did you know that they put up Christmas lights all around the set and all around Kate Blanchett so that when you look into her eyes, they glimmer and they sparkle and it's from the Christmas lights. And I'm like, <laughs> no one cares about the Christmas lights, Lindsay. Like, whatever. I care. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. I care. And I think a lot of our listeners probably care because I actually, when I looked at her for the first time, I'm like, look at the lights in her eyes. They 
put so many details in this movie that they really mm-hmm. thought about what types of lights were going to reflect in her eyeballs. I do appreciate that fact. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're Dang, that's cool. She was really confusing to me watching this for the first time. I couldn't tell if she was like good or bad. And I think that I just wasn't picking up on everything that was going on because then she like gets all green and scary. Mm. And like that was really confusing to me. And then she says that she passed the test and gets to remain Galadriel, which is her name. Now I know that is her name. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like something else. I don't know. I don't know what was happening really. Yeah. So at that part, Frodo offers her the ring, you know, because he's like, I don't want to do this. Right. This is scary. (laughs) I'm going to fail. You know, she says, your quest is on the edge of a knife. Stray but a little and it will fail. (laughs) Sorry. I just love that you know this so well, but like, I appreciate it. I respect it. Thank you. So when he, again, it's like the same thing with Gandalf. It's the same thing with Bilbo. You know, he's offering her this ring and when she gets all big and green and scary that's what she would turn into if she had the ring Mm. she would not be a fair beautiful elven sorceress she'd become this evil okay essentially and she already has a ring so like girl yeah she doesn't need it come on you don't need two that would be weird so that's why she's saying like i passed the test i will go into the west and into the west and diminish like she's realizing oh yeah if i had the ring i would become evil i can't do this I'm going to remain who I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And then that's when we learned that the orcs actually used to be elves, which I thought was like mind blowing. And I totally missed that the first time that I watched it through. Yeah. And I kind of looked up this a little bit and it goes back to like the first age, um, which is in the Silmarillion and Melkor, who I guess is one of the evil guys, kidnapped some elves and tortured them, which twisted them into the first orcs. Ooh, interesting. Okay. And then when we talk about the Yurikai too, when we're talking about orcs, are they still considered orcs? They're just kind of like hybrid or like next uh, final form, like Pokemon? (laughs) They've evolved. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And I think that's where it goes back to like Saruman with him, like birthing them out of the dirt or whatever. Like he tortured them and made them more strong. Got it. Okay. Because normally orcs don't like to be out in the sunlight. Right. But these ones. That big. Yeah. Because I remember they made a comment in one of the things like these orcs did cross into the sunlight, which normally they don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So orcs and goblins, same thing. But Urukai are like, yeah, the stronger orcs. Okay. This makes sense. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then again, they show many beautiful scenes of New Zealand and, oh, they're given Lembus bread, which I don't know why, but out of all the food they eat in this, all three movies, I am the most intrigued by Lembus bread and I want to make it so bad. I know. There's lots of recipes that have been sent to me by many people. Yeah. I've seen <laughs> I've a never few. never made it though. Yeah. I think in my research, I will say, cause I've done a little research. I wanted to have it for today to like try it, um, but Aww. I didn't, but my friend, you might know Danielle, she recently did a watch through on her Instagram of watching all the movies and she had mm-hmm. all the meals, breakfast, second breakfast, 11Zs, like all that. Uh-huh. And so I asked her about her recipe and she said she did basically like a shortbread mm-hmm. type thing and added honey because apparently in the books they mention that there's honey in it. Yeah. Or like Gimli mentions it, I think. Um, but I have here a like 
cookbook, like a geek cookbook that has mm -hmm. recipes like from movies and TV shows and books and stuff like uh, that. Cool. But the Lembus bread one is like add a cup of protein powder because Lembus bread is supposed to be filling. And I'm like, I don't want it to actually yeah. be protein filled. I just no. want something that resembles it. So I am challenging myself. I'm going to go on my own quest to make gluten-free, dairy-free Lembus bread, and I will keep you all posted. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I just want to support this quest. I just want to eat it and I want to wrap it in leaves and I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's this <laughs> way. <laughs> my brain went to like, <laughs> then you can serve it at my wedding. <laughs> It's just people arrive and it's just lemon <laughs> bread wrapped in leaves. Actually, cake. I want it. Wait, my cake. <laughs> Here's the thing, Lindsay. You can have a normal cake. Okay, bear with me here. Uh -huh. A normal cake. And then on the edges, like in the frosting, you can like stick lumbus bread to the edges, you know? Oh, yeah. And then you wrap the leaves around and like tie everything. That would be cute. I'm telling you. Great British Bake Off. We could make this on there. It would be our showstopper. We'd win the whole show. Bam. Oh, yeah. That's it. Can you imagine if they made like a cooking show that was like cooking things from movies and TV shows? That would be really cool. Yeah. I also I, – I would watch that. <sighs> so cool. Okay. Anyway, sorry. We have to stay on topic here because there's mm -hmm. just so many things that we could do to get off topic. Um, at this point, I wrote a note. How is there still an hour left of this movie? <laughs> just because oh, I yeah. – I knew what was going to happen. I didn't understand why it was still going to take an hour, but obviously I enjoyed it. Um, Boromir still wants the ring. The music was still <laughs> amazing. And then I wrote, okay, Boromir needs to calm down. I know. I wrote, why, Boromir? Why? <laughs> it just goes from like zero to a hundred in like two seconds. It's the ring, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's that damn ring. I just... Like, obviously now I have a little better understanding of everything. And so I'm getting it while we're mm -hmm. sitting here talking. But they make him out to be, for like most of his time in this movie, they make him out to be someone that we like is kind of off-putting. Yeah. You know? I do kind of wish that they made him somewhat more likable. I think he does get redeemed in the end. I do. I do agree with that. And I wrote <clears throat> I about that here too. Yeah. I don't think Boromir was like this horrible awful person you well, know especially for how big of a deal he he is in the other movies because of his dad mm -hmm. maybe here's my thoughts right now actually in the moment maybe if they made him more likable to us maybe his brother wouldn't seem as likable and maybe we wouldn't be able to justify his dad's actions because like if we all loved boromir and his dad loves boromir then we'd be like yes yeah, dad his dad has every right to favor boromir over What's his brother's yeah. name? Faramir. Faramir. But I do wish – I was like, Sean Bean, man, he's definitely typecast. I want – He really is. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to like Boromir for a longer amount of time than just the two minutes before he dies. Yeah. I agree. So, I'm trying to see my notes of, like, what actually happens. I said Boromir needs to calm down. Ugh, I really mm. like Aragorn. He's just so good. Yeah, because he doesn't – he sends Frodo away. He's yeah, like, that's I understand what you must do. Yeah, I would he have just, followed you to the end. <laughs> and it's like without even saying, he just knows. And I just really – and that's – in those moments, I'm like, why have I never heard of Aragorn? Why is everyone only talking about Legolas? <laughs> it's so true. I, you're, I know. Aragorn's <sighs> the best. Yeah. He is the best. I've made a note of every time I look at Mary, I can only think of Lost when he goes, <laughs> not Penny's boat. And it's like Rick yeah. Also, 
huge spoiler for Lost, so sorry about that, but... Oops. If you haven't seen it by now. (laughs) Although I say that and I haven't finished Game of Thrones, and I'm like, don't spoil anything, but... But are you, did you decide if you're going to watch it yet? I haven't decided, but I did pick up reading it again. So I'm on the fourth book. Oh, okay. That's Mm -hmm. exciting. Did you watch Lost though? I did. Okay. So I'm like, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Even though he's dressed differently and he has a wig on, I still like can only see his character. I think Charlie, is that his name? Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, Which is really funny because I watched Lost after Lord of the Rings and the whole time I was like, it's Mary. (laughs) <laughs> that's so funny yeah I'm, I'm thinking like maybe that's why I prefer Pippin because that's the only thing I've ever seen that actor in mm-hmm. whereas like my brain is like can't compartmentalize uh what's his face the other guy so anyway yeah. uh, can I just say yeah. the friendship between Dominic Monaghan who plays Mary and Billy Boyd who plays Pippin is so pure and beautiful if you don't follow them both on Instagram already, go do it. Oh my gosh, I should. about each other. And they are truly, truly best friends. And I just oh. adore them. I adore them. I love them. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I'll have, first of all, I'll have to go follow them. But I think like their friendship, you get to see it even more in the special features. And mm-hmm. it's those behind the scenes that like make me like their characters more, which makes them more of my favorite characters. And um, so then Pippin and Mary fight so well against yes, these works. Totally. And this is another moment. This is where I had the original note where like they notice that Frodo is trying to leave. And they're yeah, just like, just you know what, chills. Frodo? They run in front of these big scary Urukai so that he can escape mm-hmm. and like sacrifice themselves for him. Yeah. And like they uh, all knew this going into like the fellowship, like creating the fellowship they knew that they were going to have to do that, I guess. Like, they're mm-hmm. willing to, but, like, to see it happen. I seriously have, like, full body chills right now. Just, I know. They care I so them. much. And they I just, do. They're willing to do anything. I just love it so much. And then Boromir finally comes to his senses, mm-hmm. only to <laughs> die. <laughs> but I will say, the way he dies is pretty epic. Like, he gets shot by an arrow. Mm-hmm. And then... He, like, keeps fighting, which I'm like, I don't know how you're using your arm with an arrow in your shoulder, but mm-hmm. good for you. Then he gets shot again, like, in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And then he keeps fighting, like, from his knees. And then they finally, like, kill him. Right. Yeah. Or, like, give him that last arrow that knocks him down. But, like, damn. I know. It, it really – I see, I'm so glad they gave him that redemptive moment where it's, like – I think because he realized, right, when Frodo put the ring on and kicked him and ran away and he starts crying and he's like, oh, what have I done? It's like right. he, he realizes that the ring had had this control over him. He had this obsession with the mm-hmm. ring this whole time and yeah. how he's just jeopardized everything. So now he's like, I'm going to sacrifice Uh-oh. myself and fight to the oh, very yeah. to end. And like, he knew Frodo was gone, but he was fighting to protect Merry and Pippin. Mm-hmm. You know, and then if that redemption isn't enough for anyone, the conversation between him and Aragorn like got to me. Yeah, uh, I wrote first. I wrote I wrote Aragorn because like with claps in mm-hmm. between, um, and then how they say like our people, and then Boromir like repeats it, and then he says, "My captain, my king." I just that whole scene like. Because Aragorn is, like, forgiving him, kind of, it allows the audience to do the same thing, I think, and, like, 
it a makes you fall in love with Aragorn even more because like hello sensitive sexy yeah. man like hello, hello. but <laughs> <laughs> it shows you like their relationship and it just uh it paints a really beautiful picture i have to say yeah and the whole time and again this is kind of more in the extended scenes but there is this constant dialogue between Aragorn and Boromir and Boromir's like why won't you uh stand up for men you know like you're you don't want to go to Minas Tirith but you're comfortable enough with the elves like come on don't you love your own people Mm -hmm. and then I feel like when they have that moment in the end together where it's like my captain my brother my king it's just like they finally made up (laughs) I have chills again I just really I know I thought it was really nice and like it was like okay we know Boromir kind of sucked but like he deserves this type of honor in his death so. yeah and absolutely. then I wrote and I only have like two more notes here I wrote mm-hmm. how I love how men cry in this movie and it's not judged so mm-hmm. like they totally break so many like male toxic masculinity stereotypes which Mm-hmm. obviously this movie takes place in like a different realm than where we live. Yeah. But I just, it happens so frequent that like the men of the movie are emotional and so I freaking love it that no one is ever, and this kind of goes into some of my afterthoughts, but like no one is ever shamed or looked down on for like having emotion about something. And I think also the men show affection to each other. Yeah. Like, I remember back at the time, you know, people were like, oh, Frodo and Sam are gay, like, Mary and Pippin are gay. Just, like, men can show affection to each other and love each other. Yeah. And that's it. You know, like, you don't have to, like, I don't know. I just love that, that they can, like, kiss each other. They can hug each other. And it's not, it's not a thing. There's literally like no toxic masculinity. Like, yeah, that's what I can chalk it up to. I mean, there might be in other characters later in the other movies. But mm-hmm. um, not in this movie. And I just really, really enjoyed that. And I love how, like, the women actually, even though there are only, like, three major women in this mm-hmm. trilogy, um, they all play really important roles. And two of them are in this film. Yeah. You know, I kind of wish they were, they were in the film more. Like, I would have liked to see Arwen a little more than we do. But they really, like, without the women in this trilogy, the the they would not have succeeded. So. Yeah, and I will say, side note, this is a note I earlier that I didn't say, Arwen actually isn't in the books. She's what? in the appendices. So after you finish reading the books, there's a good chunk at the end of the final one that's the appendices, and that's like where Tolkien kind of filled in some gaps, and he talks about what happens after the ring is destroyed and like kind of fills in some of the history and that's where the story of Arwen and Aragorn is told. So what? that's actually not a part. It, so, it does exist. That story is part of like middle earth. They don't and, tell the story in the book. Mm-mm. So what so, about when Arwen like saves Frodo? That is a different elf. So they wrote Arwen into it to like help tell the story of Aragorn and Arwen. Mm-hmm. They replaced wow. with Arwen. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Like I would never have suspected anything like that except for the mm-hmm. fact that she's like rarely seen. Yeah. But a lot of her, her love for Aragorn, this is in the later movie. So I'm trying not to like go too much into it, but like it affects his storyline a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm kind of shocked. Yeah. That was, the, that was, uh, I think Fran Walsh and Philip Boyens. Wow. Well, mastered. I like it. 
I like it. Yeah. Uh, do most do most people like it? Is that like the I think so. Um, I know that, and they talk about this, ugh, sorry to keep referencing the behind the scenes, but <laughs> it's okay. they, they were going to write Arwen in more, like they were going to have her fight like in the battle at Helm's Deep and all this stuff. And I guess when fans caught wind of that, it was like, they were not happy. Okay. And so that didn't end up happening. So that's when they have a lot of the like flashbacks and right. stuff to kind of which, keep her in the story. Yeah. Which I think work, but that's later. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yep. yep. Sorry. Jumping in. No, that's okay. Foreshadowing. Um, and yeah. then my very last thing is that the end of that movie, the first time I watched it, I remember thinking like, that's it. Wait, I have to wait until the next movie. Like if I was seeing this in theaters and I had to wait until the next one was released, I would have been like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It is a good cliffhanger. Yeah. I can't believe Kelsey that you didn't write anything about Sam running into the water. To oh, save, I'm sorry, I'm like putting you on blast right now. No, that's okay. You mean like from the, um, oh, that I didn't write anything? Here's the thing. I think that in the second half of this, I was writing less notes because I was so into it. Uh, and I didn't have questions. Just, I was yeah. so engaged. And like I wrote, most of my things are questions of things I didn't understand. But yeah, mm-hmm. we can talk about the scene where Sam goes and follows him in the boat. One because of the special feature of how he cuts his foot. (laughs) I think about that every time. Every time he steps foot in the water, I feel the pain of like glass in my foot. (laughs) And I think, was the shot that they took, was that filmed later or was that just one that they happened to get before he cut his foot? I don't know. I'm assuming, I don't know. I don't think they ever say, but for people listening, if you haven't watched the behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. when they're filming that part, because the Hobbit, the actors, you know, playing the Hobbits had these prosthetic feet on that were very very thin they didn't really have much to them yeah and so Sean Astin at one part when he's going into the water he steps on the shard of glass that just goes straight into his foot his real foot yeah and I think they they like helicoptered him out yeah they helicoptered him out and like had to give stitches and and they have it on film in the special features of him stepping on it and falling or not falling but like stopping and oh you have to watch it but it's yeah, also and like, Elijah Wood is like whoa He's yeah like, like all up in his foot yeah. <laughs> yeah um but I will say I'm trying to like imagine that scene like it's so heartwarming like Sam is like I I told Gandalf like I would never leave you Mr. Frodo blah 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 I know yeah, and he's like, you know, when Frodo's like, Sam, you can't swim. And Sam is just like, I don't care. And he walks into the water yeah. and nearly drowns anyways because he's and like, like, I made the- a promise, Mr. Frodo, a promise. And I mean yeah. to keep that promise. He's such a loyal friend. He's like the definition of loyalty. He really mm-hmm. is. And like, I think watching just fellowship, you don't really realize how much of a, a like, how big of a card he's going to play in the rest of the movies like obviously he's gonna be like Frodo's companion but like Frodo really could not have succeeded in any of this without Sam in the end Mm -hmm. so I love that it's set up with that like strong foundation and it's another scene where they're like emotional and like they just love each other so much and they are willing to you know do anything for one another and I like that Frodo lets him join him yeah because he really couldn't have done it without Sam no he couldn't but he also wasn't like too proud to be like, no, no, Sam, I'm doing this on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, of course, I want you to come with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. Oh, I love their friendship so much. Uh, it's so good. Well, that brings us to the end of the movie. And mm-hmm. 
dang, this is just so good. There's just so much. I think some of my afterthoughts that questions that I still had after watching the whole thing, we already kind of talked about some of these, so I don't have to go into it, but we were kind of just talking about it with like the toxic masculinity and how no one shames the any of the guys for like showing emotion. But I also Mm -hmm. love, and I noticed this a few times, I love how nobody like pities the hobbits or looks down on them because of their quote unquote, like inabilities to do the things that everyone else is doing. Like when they're in the snow on the pass of whatever. (laughs) I don't know. Carrot grass. I can never say it's like carrot grass or carrot house. And they're like, we have to get out because the hobbits and they're all carrying them. And they're like, yeah, they all do everything they can to like help the hobbits because they just know that hobbits can't withstand as much in Mm -hmm. that way. But they're not like these hobbits. They're slowing us down because you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good point. Cause I've always thought about how I love that the hobbits show that. Yeah. Like do not discount like the quote-unquote little person or like Mm -hmm. the smallest person or the most unassuming person that they can actually be so strong and be so important right you know that's exact oh I just love it because in the beginning when they explain that they live like a simple life they want the peace and quiet and like they love food it they're not warriors by any means you know Mm -hmm. like and they're I think they say something like not that they're not brave but like they prefer not to be disturbed and they don't want to go on any adventures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like that's just in their nature. And I just like how despite that, they are going on this adventure, but at the same time, everyone is like catering to whatever they need and not looking down upon them for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like I think because I'm comparing it to like real world where like anybody that doesn't have the same abilities as someone they might be like looked down on so I just really really love that yeah I I wish I could lens yeah I just wish I could be a little more eloquent about what I'm feeling and how to put it into words but like I just love it and it's represented throughout all the movies Mm -hmm. no I get what you're saying because I've also been trying to learn a lot more about like people with disabilities Mm -hmm. and what it means to have like ableism and people who are fully able like Mm -hmm. we do have this stigma against people with disabilities or Yeah. You know, we are all so privileged in a way that we don't even realize. And yeah, I just like, I've never made that comparison in my head before about hobbits, but I think it's true. Um, Some of my other notes feel so silly after talking about this, like what we were just talking (laughs) about, but I love all the meals that the hobbits eat. Like I, the scene about like second breakfast and when mm-hmm. he's like, do you think he knows about this and dinner and supper? And <laughs> yeah. Eleven Z's <laughs> luncheon. <laughs> I just love it so much. And it makes me want to like, just do research about it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I am a hobbit in, well, obviously so many ways, but this mm-hmm. one, especially because especially more when I was actually working like in an office or had a full day, you know, Mm -hmm. I would have my breakfast in the morning. I always had to have my snack in the morning, Mm -hmm. my lunch. I had to have my afternoon snack and then I would have my dinner and then I would usually have dessert or another snack. Right. That's exactly me. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, we're hobbits. Yeah. And that's why when they described it, I was like, oh, I'm a hobbit. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Great. There's other like other people like me. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last one that I put on here is that the eye of Sauron is the cheesecake factory light. (laughs) And I think every time I went to cheesecake factory, I made that connection, not really knowing what the eye of Sauron is or was, Mm -hmm. but 
it's funny enough to bring up for me. So I think any Lord of the Rings fan who has been to Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is there anything that you think you wanted to bring up that we missed in the second half of the movie here? I don't think so. (laughs) Sorry. Laughing at my note, I wrote, ouchies, 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 Sean foot. Why did I word it like that? I even like, ouch, ouch, ouch. I wrote, ouchies, ouchies, ouchies. I mean, oh, it's true. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Um, I think the only other thing that I had was just that the ending song by Enya is so oh, freaking gorgeous. Yes. I love Enya. I Mm -hmm. love that they put that song in the end and I think it fits perfectly. Um, Oh, so good. From start to finish. So good. A plus movie. Loving it. I'm so Um, glad you loved it so much. Whenever you go into like a new universe of something, like there's kind of a lot of pressure (laughs) to Mm -hmm. like, oh God, this is a whole new thing. Am I going to like it? Am I not going to like it? And I remember texting you after I watched it for the first time. You're like, how was it? And I was like, yeah, it was good. I really liked it. I couldn't properly put into words how I felt about it mm-hmm. because immediately from the first scene, like talking about the hobbits, I was like, oh, I meant to be a part of this fandom and everything, you know? So <laughs> I'm just really so happy. I'm so glad. Thank you. I'm so glad too. Um, we do have a few more questions mm-hmm. that some people asked. Um, this one, one of your friends had recommended, which I think is funny of who is your favorite hobbit and why is it Pippin? <laughs> Which is just, it made me think like Pippin's probably well-liked across, you know, pop, he's probably pretty popular of the Hobbits. Among yeah, fans. well, and I think it's also because, and we can actually maybe potentially talk about this in another episode, but mm, okay. me and my best friend, Kirsten, we assigned that we are Mary and Pippin and my uh-huh. character, I am Pippin and she's <laughs> Mary between the two of us. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know if that's what he was referencing or if it was. It's just like Pippin is obviously the best. (laughs) (laughs) But like, Um, yeah, I don't know because Sam is also pretty great and, but they're very different. Yeah. Sam and Pippin. I don't know. I love Sam a lot. Like I would aspire to be like Sam, but Mm -hmm. I think as we kind of gushed over this whole episode, like Mary and Pippin are just so great. And I love Pippin in the books. And again, this is jumping ahead, but like, there's a lot more about Pippin in Return of the King, the book that doesn't, you don't get to see in the movies. And I don't know, it just makes you really appreciate him. Now, one of the questions was submitted by Savannah, who we both know and love. (laughs) And um, she wants us to decide, uh, fuck, marry, kill with Frodo, (laughs) Gandalf, and Arwen. (laughs) This made me laugh so hard when you sent it to me. I love it so much. I died. But I just really have to think about it because, you know, those three characters aren't like my favorite characters. So I have to think about, you know. I know what mine is. I knew instantly. Okay. What is it? (laughs) I would fuck Arwen because she is a freaking gorgeous babe. (laughs) I would kill Frodo. (laughs) Because Frodo is just like, I'm sorry. I know that he has this burden. I know he has the ring. But honestly, he's so freaking annoying. Like, (laughs) I just, Frodo is definitely my least favorite of all the hobbits. Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) Which means I would marry Gandalf, which to be honest, like, I don't mind living a lifetime with Gandalf. (laughs) We could smoke pipes. (laughs) 
drink fancy wine, <laughs> read books together. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I 100% agree. <laughs> but I was like, what are people going to think if I say I want to kill Frodo? <laughs> so um, I'm glad we feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. I wouldn't want to marry Arwen. I mean, she could like heal you, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like Gandalf is a wizard. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. So, Go on adventures with him. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that was a great question. <laughs> and then um, one of our friends, Laura Joe, asked about Aragorn versus Legolas, which we kind of already, you know, talked about. But for the record, like, I think Aragorn is better or yeah. cuter, hotter, whatever. But this was probably a serious debate once upon a time. You know, yeah. if I, oh, was I think so. And this was happening, like, it would be like, are you team Edward or team Jacob? I almost said Jason. Um, like I'm, I'm comparing it to like that sort of fandom. Yeah. I think I was too young to be aware of that, but I imagine that did happen. Well, like I said, I was obsessed with Legolas and I still absolutely love Orlando Bloom. Yes. So do I. (laughs) So much, but I agree. Aragorn is the man. Yeah. He's just, he's a man, you know? (laughs) And that's why now that's why we favor him. But, like, yeah. back in high school, I would have been like, oh, my God, Legolas. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, for sure, 100%, I would have been on Team Legolas. Yeah. Um, and then the last question comes from our friend Max, who says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much of a bitch boy is Frodo in Fellowship? <laughs> and I asked a clarifying question to Max. I said, just so I know the definition of bitch boy, because I'm a grandma and I don't know these things. I didn't know if he meant, is Frodo being a little bitch? Or is, like, Frodo mm. everyone else's bitch? Oh. And he said... I wouldn't have thought of that. Frodo's being a little bitch, so. So, Lindsay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much of a little bitch is Frodo? I mean, I want to go lower because he has room to grow. Yeah. This area. <laughs> Wait. The look on your face when you said that was, like, teacher Lindsay, like, he has room to grow. <laughs> He is going to get close to a 10. He's not quite there yet. Okay. In my opinion. Um, okay. I don't know. Maybe like a five yeah. or a six? Five, yeah. six? I think I, I agree because I feel like in fellowship, he's like still stepping up to the plate. He's like, I got to mm-hmm. go do this thing. I'll do it, everyone. I know this is Yeah. I mean, he volunteers. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty. That's not bitchy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Then later, it's really like. Come on, Frodo. Sam's just trying to help you. Yeah. Come on. Trust yourself. Gandalf tells you to do that. So do it. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we'll maybe have to reassess this with every film. We might have to, we might have to, yeah, ask this at the end of each movie. Yeah. What level is Frodo at now? Well, Lindsay, uh, this, we've gotten to the end of our list of notes and I think this concludes all the questions that we had. So thank you so much for answering literally all of my questions that I had about Lord of the Rings. This was so much fun. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is such a blast. As I said at the beginning, you know, I've loved Lord of the Rings since I was 11 years old. So I just love being able to sit down and talk about it. Uh, It was so much fun. I agree. I mean, I haven't loved it since I was 11, but I agree that it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, To our (laughs) listeners out there, if you have any questions or suggestions, like topic suggestions we want to hear it so please please send those our way so we can discuss and answer these questions on a you know one of our next episodes yeah definitely that'll be so much fun 
Uh, well, thank you all for listening to Hobbits at Heart. Please tune in to our next episode. We'll continue on with our Lord of the Rings series with the two towers. Mm, I'm so excited. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs>